Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon. On a Monday, it's Trent Condon and Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours as we take you up until just before noon. And thanks for carving out some of your morning to spend with us. Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, in about 25 minutes, uh, Joe O'Donnell from the Iowa Wild will join us. The uh, AHL made it official this morning that they are uh, canceling the remainder of their regular season and then into the playoffs. And uh, that's that announcement had been rumored to have been coming for some time, and it seemed like it was going to be inevitable, but it became official here uh, this morning at 8 o'clock. The AHL is shutting down for the remainder of the season. We'll get Joe O'Donnell in here uh, to pick his brain a little bit as to what this means uh, here in Des Moines and in the state of Iowa. So Joe O'Donnell will be first, then Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Lots of ground to cover uh, with Doc. He's been busy. Popping out story after story. He got some good news. His mom has now put the coronavirus behind her. His mom and his sister are both nurses. Uh, Frontline. And his sister, last we heard, was still stricken. Uh, she had not got past it yet, but his mom uh, had done that. So we'll, uh, Scott Dockerman's going to slide on in here. He got some good news uh, this past week. At 11 o'clock, we will air the governor's press conference at 11. It's going to be different today. She is doing a form of uh, quarantine uh, with all the proximity to the uh, to the vice president. Of course, she was in the White House last week. We know that there has been some positives uh, that have uh, stricken some of the members around uh, the White House, certainly not the president or the vice president, but some of their support staff have uh, been diagnosed or been uh, failed their screening test for COVID-19. So the governor is... Uh, enacting some form of uh, self-quarantine. So there'll be very few media members uh, in the press conference. I don't know what that means as far as the length, but we'll carry it and we'll find out, like everybody, uh, at 11 o'clock. And then we will finish things up. We're going to talk a little bit of college football. Pete Futek going to join us. Pizza. A uh, terrific name in the college football world, collegefootballnews.com. I want to ask Pete first and foremost. We'll ask Doc, I'm sure, the same thing. Who's calling the shots? <laughs> right. Right? It's not the NCAA. Nope. It's, it's, it seems like it's not the, uh, the, the conference commissioners. They have their opinion. It's different from Mark Emmert's. Not Mark Emmert from the Register, Mark Emmert from the NCAA. But, but who's ultimately... Who's Roger Goodell in all of this? There isn't one. And right. this has been a problem, if you will, for college football and college sports in general for such a long time because so many people have so many different agendas and there isn't a president. There isn't somebody that runs it. And it doesn't make sense to put somebody in that role. Would it help out the game? I certainly think that it would. And but hurt. Yeah. When, when you get to it, what kind of person do you put in there? Is it a former athletic director? Mm-hmm. Is it somebody that has, you know, ties? Most of the people that we see, you know, running leagues, sports leagues are former agents or people that have been in league offices. A lot of time have law backgrounds. I was going to say they're legally trained for the yes, most part. From David Stern to mm-hmm. Adam Silver and on yep. and on and on. That's usually the background there. Would that make a whole lot of sense? It, we could argue about that until you're blue in the face, but I think it, it goes without saying. Somebody in charge would certainly help. And kind of goes to something that had been rattling around in my brain this weekend. College football will be back in it's, some form or fashion. Yes. This year. I agree. But I believe it's going to, when. I think it's going to be different for every league. 
I, I think the scenario that is out there where you know, the SEC, we're going to try to play 12. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do everything in our power to make 12 games happen. Now, there might be some moving, some juggling, some non-conference games that are shifted around, but they're going to work their hardest. In the Big Ten, I could very well see a scenario where, all right, we're going to schedule eight or nine league games. That's it. But you know, Rutgers, if you can only play four, you're going to play four. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be fair, and it's not going to be the 12 games. That's what you get unless you play Hawaii. That's what everybody gets. It's not going to be that way this year in college football. It's going to be different for everybody. Postseason bags, strictly the playoff, Bulls. Uh, on hiatus for a year. I don't. There's a lot of questions, Trent. Somebody, there are. Somebody needs to be in charge, and nobody is. And there's a bunch of different voices. Uh, so that's amongst the topics for Pete Futek uh, to end the program. It's fun week, uh, fun weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly um, terrible. You know, culminated. Yeah, it wasn't awful. Culminated by the last dance last night. Trent, the bar keeps getting moved. Yeah, and upward. I'm talking about. It I, is I felt like it was my favorite. Last night it was. was. Overall, or the just one of the two, the end of episode seven, the first episode last oh, night that was, was out of his mind. That's that's when Jordan is that talking about his teammates. Yeah. When he says break, I mean, that right was the end. that was a chilling moment. Yeah, well, he sounded like he was about to break, mm-hmm. or looking at his eyes, he was about to break down. Yeah, talking about your teammates in that fashion, mm-hmm. and it felt like Michael Jordan. Not for the first time, because I'm sure he's had plenty of these moments, but maybe for the first time as he's talking. It's a lot. Some of my favorite moments, we saw another one last night with Gary Payton, and he's laughing as he's yeah, watching it, and, right. and Isaiah. We've seen these different moments. And and thank God they thought that they thought to put an iPad in front of him so yes. he could actually hear what some of his uh, the guys he played against were saying. Those moments have been great, and they've been, they've been funny. And when he's MFing people and he's doing his... I enjoy that. This was... To me, though, a different side of Jordan that we hadn't seen. We know the connection to his father. We know mm-hmm. what his dad meant to him. We know, but we haven't heard the teammate side of it. We know he's a bad teammate. or He was a difficult teammate. How about that? Maybe a better term to use when you're talking about him. But it almost felt like that realization hit him. Boy, maybe I did go too hard at times. Mm-hmm. And he probably, he knew that. But he carried those guys with him to championships. He did. And you could see the joy when he was celebrating with his teammates Mm -hmm. what they were able to accomplish. Look, no one is going to be able to live up to his game. Mm -hmm. He didn't realize that. He thought that he could get everybody to that level. But that's impossible to do, right? But, I mean, listening to Steve Kerr afterwards, Steve Kerr attributes the way Jordan treated him to everything he's got out of the game. Yeah. Going forward to this day, he still thinks he's the biggest influence uh, that he had. Uh, Burrell, that was unbelievable watching that. Um, Raise your hand if you'd ever heard of LeBrandon Smith before last night. I hadn't. If Uh, I had, I'd certainly forgot about the dude. And I'd heard Michael Wilbon say that story before, so that's why I had heard it before. And I told you, in fact, earlier this morning, I listened to Tony Kornheiser, his podcast, a lot. So that's come up. And they've talked about that because he played for the Bullets, and those Mm -hmm. are two D.C. guys. So I'd heard that story before. I hadn't heard how deep it was, though. I thought at least there was a shred of truth to it. That Jordan said, well, he didn't really put his arm around. The, the way that, game, Mike? At least in my imagination, when I'd heard it was, it was just maybe kind of a flippant statement as he's walking off the floor. But right. to have no part of that. Nothing. He didn't do a damn thing wrong. Didn't say a word. No. But Jordan made that up in his mind like he did a lot of things. Yes. The perceived, the George Carl stuff in the restaurant. How great is that? It was tremendous. And if I'm George Carl, I'd probably be the same way. This is the greatest player in the planet. Right. 
I'm not going to be buddy-buddy. Trent, it's a no-win situation. It is, right? absolutely. It's a no-win. And if he would have went up to him and said, hey, good luck in the series, yeah. he would have used that as motivation, without, too. Without a doubt. Oh, look at he's this guy just coming up seriously. to me. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Look, look at this Wants guy. Wants to be buddy-buddy. Thinks he's got my number. Right. I'll show him a he's, little He's trying to soften me. I see right. what he's doing. Right. And he would have went the exact same. It would have ended the same way. But he would have used right. a different kind of motivation. He is incredible mm-hmm. absolutely incredible now what i want i want I part no 11 with the glove <laughs> you go ahead yeah i want part 11 and i want them now to go back and get gary payton uh-huh. and get isaiah thomas and now get their reaction because sunday it's going to end and you're not ready for it to right end. absolutely not right. now, keep dragging this thing up. i want to see the reaction to the reaction uh-huh. of the reaction that's what i want to see next for part 11 I'm sure we can Nick, come up can we with get Jordan to come back at the end of part 18 and 19 right, and 19 yeah. and 20. Trent, this has been spectacular. It's it has. been just tremendous TV. I know that, you know, it's the only TV. Well, the UFC was uh, yeah. was on over. And I watched it till it went pay-per-view. Same thing, yeah. And there was actually some good fights. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we, we are so reliant on that as sports fans right now and as for what we do um, – in, in sports talk radio, there's nothing to talk about for right. the most part. But this deserves all the conversation that it would have been getting, right? It had um, you know, had sports been going on, we'd be in the throes of the NHL and the NBA playoffs and baseball would have been the second month of the season. But we'd still this would still be dominating, in my opinion. It's just that good. I, I'm trying to put my brain, and I was doing that after I finished up watching last night. Where. This was supposed to be played right after the NBA Finals. That's when Correct. this was going to be in the sports calendar. But in end of June, mm-hmm. baseball be going on, but NHL and NBA obviously be finished up. But at that time, we're getting college football magazines. Yeah, We would have been doing it a lot, and I have a feeling you would have wanted to do more than I would have. On this. If, if there was uh-huh. the other stuff yeah. going on. And just because of what is happening in the world... It's taken me to another level. There's mm-hmm. no doubt. It's taken my not only enjoyment, but just how, how locked in I am. Yeah. I'm taking notes and writing things right. down and going through every single, just every minute of this thing and deciphering. And same thing last night. I went back and finished up, watched it till 1230, finally caught up to everything. And then I started watching again. And that's just the way that it was. It's that compelling. It's that good. I know you've gone back, what, pretty much every Monday? Monday, again. well, yeah. Um, I watched the episodes that I watched last night because yeah. there's something you miss. Oh, there is. There's, there's little nuggets that you miss out there. Oh, my God. It's been so good. Uh, what else did I write down from last night? Um, that, that, that After they won in 1996, after they won, they got back on their winning ways. Mm-hmm. At the press conference, Jordan went back and actually brought up the 45 is not 23 line from last year. Still got him. It still bothered him mm-hmm. um, when when they were able to take care of Orlando in the Eastern Conference Final and swept them in four straight before taking on Seattle in that one. And, of course, a huge component of this one with the local tie was B.J. Yeah, no, he had played a big role, Trent. He played a big role. His, his role for getting Jordan back into the game, back yes. into the Bulls. Now, the backstory to this was Jordan was already practicing. Mm-hmm. He was practicing with, was it the Kings or the Warriors? It was a West Coast team. The Kings sound right when you said that. I can't remember offhand, but yeah, when you said Kings, that jumped into my mind. Um, yeah, I think, I, I don't, who was Hardaway with? Whoever. Uh, Tim Hardaway. Um 
but Bogart, he'd been practicing. He'd gone and he put himself up against NBA competition and then started to, you know, work his way back into the Bulls. And he's been there three out of the last, uh, you know, the uh, three times this week. And then he's practicing every day. And then him and David Falk get together and they pun pop up. Falk puts out all these press cars. Well, I didn't put them out. He, uh, drafted all of these press releases and Jordan wanted no part of them. He said, here, I'm back. That's enough. And that's what was faxed. <laughs> yes, faxed. Uh, and the rest was history. BJ, Unbelievable. Another part about the B.J. Armstrong angle that had completely just fallen out of my memory was him even playing for Charlotte. Not that he hit that shot in mm-hmm. Game 2 to win the game right. and, and had a hell of a and game. played as well as he did. But for every reason, I remember when he left the Bulls, and I was so upset about it. He gets drafted by Toronto in the expansion draft, and I just hated that. Yeah. I hated that because... It was B.J. Armstrong. He was the Iowa dude, and he was playing for the Bulls, and it was great to have that connection. He was my favorite player when he was with the Hawkeyes, and now he's going to Toronto, playing with this cartoon Raptor. <laughs> I mean, how stupid is that? I just I hated that part of it, and I love those Hornets teams. I love Zoe and Larry Johnson and watching them, of course, Muggsy Bogues as a short guy. I love Muggsy Bogues. But the B.J. Armstrong angle, I had forgotten, and then to do that, and then to talk. Yeah, I, I didn't. I remembered he played there. I didn't remember what happened in game two. And then Jordan afterwards, what what did he say? But between game two and three, I'm supposed to dominate that guy. And from that point, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good, right? Oh, he's it's it's in his chest. It's in his between his ears. This is what made him the player that he is. Now it seemed, at least in the conversation in the documentary last night, that. Jordan and Armstrong, though not best friends by any means, but they're pretty tight. I mean, if mm-hmm. you can go out to breakfast and yeah, and talk that way, and hey, come, why don't come you stop? Out. By, yeah, stop by and see the guys. They'd love to see you. That that at least you'd be pretty tight, right? Yet when the question was asked to B.J. Armstrong, how was he as a teammate? And did you see how he, he paused? paused? He wanted, I think he was choosing his words. Yeah, because like I said earlier, I don't know if the verbiage is correct. Was he a great teammate? No, no. He's tough, right? Was he bad? I don't think that's the right way either, but it's mm-hmm. just, it's so different than anybody. I think any of these guys could have played with, and anybody that we talk about in the sports world. Another question that popped into my head, does this, I'm sure athletes across the world are watching this oh, as for it's sure. going on. Right. There's nothing else to watch. Is this going to lead to another generation of people trying to be like Michael Jordan and Maybe some bad mm. teammate moments that crop up even more because of this and saying Maybe. they put themselves in that same light. Mm-hmm. They they think they're the same vein as Michael. There's they're very not. few that could that could back that part up though. That's a big part. You know, Kobe could, obviously. Mm-hmm. LeBron could. Uh, who's the next? Mm-hmm. Yeah, who, Kevin Durant. Yeah, Kevin Durant. Well, Kevin Durant's such an unstoppable force, right? I'm st- I think he's still growing. You know, it's gonna be uh, seven three by the end of his this, career. Yeah, by the time we see him again in, uh, as a member of Brooklyn. Uh, but yeah, there's very few that you know that have the because you have to have it, it all. up. Yeah. yeah, and he clearly could. God, even his white. I mean, even his double A days. The Birmingham were they Barons? Birmingham yes. Barons. Um, you know that they needed to send him to Double A because that we, if we sent him down any further, they, they couldn't handle the media right. uh, that came along with him. The national media that was assigned to cover those games when he first broke in, it was unbelievable. You know him watching Ku coach the the game that that uh, Scotty. Uh, 
quit for the uh, 1.8 seconds. Jordan's in the clubhouse just being one of the guys. Uh, no media was allowed in, and, and him him proclaiming to his teammate, Kukoc is going to get the ball. He's going to shoot the he's going to shoot the final shot, and he'll make it. And he did. And he did. That was a beautiful shot. That Watching was, that one again, you know, and, and the memories come player trend. You know what? We yeah. you forget he was a hell of a player. Uh, yeah, it's funny the the guys that had roles in this, right? I mean, Ron Harper's had one line, right? Yeah, one line. It was a good line. It was a good <laughs> line. But that's all we've heard of him. And now Reggie Miller's going to be a big part of it going forward next week because you know he thought he was going to send Michael into retirement. Boy, he is as will be reminded next week. Mm-hmm. It looked like for a while that Reggie Miller and company were going to send him into retirement. Speaking of the baseball angle. Hits 202, mm-hmm. drives in 50 runs, hearing Francona talk about, of course, the strike, which uh, took things off. Right. Kind of two parts. And, and Jordan wouldn't cross the picket line. The the part of it of him being suspended or not suspended. Mm-hmm. And I thought they did a good job. They didn't dance around it by any means. They, no, and they asked all the principals, too. Yes, yeah. Right. They, it was tackled head on, as it should be, because... Mm-hmm. That's a rumor that's been out there now for 25 years. Well, you're not going to be suspended for betting in Atlantic City or betting in Vegas or betting on an airplane. Uh, The only way that he would have been suspended was he'd been betting on the Bulls or against the Bulls, and I don't believe he would ever do that. Tinfoil hat. I believe there was a... Something was happening. Something. I don't think he was suspended for 18 months, and that the two guys that knew about it, Michael Jordan and David Stern, kept mm-hmm. it out under wraps this whole time. I think there's too many other parts, too many other people that would have found out that information. But I do believe that something was going to happen. A fine, a 10-game suspension, something like... I think that was coming. Hmm. And because of that, that led him... You know what? I'm tired. I want, I've, well, I've talked go, about this for a year. He did, and, and, Mark, and maybe it's the final push that pushed him that maybe, direction. Maybe, but Mark Vansel, remember Mark Vansel's a part of this? He's the, I don't know what he does. He's He owns Rare Air Publishing or something, okay. and he's a guy in glasses, and he's been in most yes, of the yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And he talked about, in the guy 1992, never know what his name. It's Mark Vansel. Okay. 1992, he said to, he said to, I don't know how they're close, but apparently they are, after the Olympics, that he had told him that he was going to quit, but Magic and Bird had never won three in a row. Mm-hmm. So he came back. And, and Jordan said to Mark Vansel, apparently in 1992, I'm going to shock the world. And he did. And he did when he made it clear. Uh, and how about the fact that it was it was the ALCS against the Jays, the Jays yes. White Sox? Um, that that's that's when the story broke, and he had to get the hell out of uh, the ballpark because the, the secret was revealed. And that's another one where I just don't remember. I remember the story. I remember the news conference the next day. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the night. I know I was watching no, the game. I, I, I for sure because my squad. <laughs> right, I, was, I, I was locked and loaded, but I don't remember that either. Not and, one and seeing bit. Pat O'Brien, yes, <laughs> seeing him uh, doing the the quote unquote sidelines uh-huh. of a baseball game yeah. and him down there in front of the dugout, and that and just another one of those memories that completely falls off. I know I was watching the game; I had to be watching right. the game, but that part just not remembering, and another part that makes it so so good. Oh my God, LeBradford Smith, yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a name for you. Yeah, I paused it and went to Google and looked, searched for Brett LeBron. I cannot, don't recall ever hearing of this guy's name before. I had a few as basketball cards. So did you? Oh, yeah, they're definitely commons. Those are ones you chuck in the uh, on the side pile. Yeah, you know you're right. not going to be doing anything with those. Another LeBradford Smith. Right. Second one I got. I got another LeBradford Smith. <laughs> Anybody need traders? Did you guys have traders? Traders. So we called them traders. 
where you get you know scrubs. Yeah, stuff. yeah. You trade five or six scrubs, and you hope you can get your suck your little brother in or your one of your little brother's <laughs> friends. I'll so. give you twelve cards right for, for this one. For this one. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Cakes and Owen iHeart want to help you with your bills. Text the keyword home to two hundred two hundred right now. It's your chance to win a thousand dollars. That's home to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. So Joe O'Donnell from the Iowa Wild is coming up next. The AHL has suspended their season. Trent, I'm more concerned about um, the AHL, in particular the Iowa Wild, next year as opposed to this year. Now, I think that the this was a pretty good hockey club. They were going to the playoffs. Of course, they had a uh, a history making run as far as history making uh, with the with the franchise last year. Deep into the playoffs, they were poised to do so uh, again. But I'm more concerned about going forward. I mean, th- they rely so much on on sponsorships on mm-hmm. businesses. I mean, the I Cubs. When you go to an I Cubs game, take a look at the outfield walls, folks. You think all those police people are going to be writing those checks next year when it comes time? The Iowa Wild and the I and the uh, the Wolves, uh, the Barnstormers, to a big extent, they get their money from local business sponsorships. Are they going to be there? And, and fans it, will not be there, Trent, and you cannot make it the minor leagues without fans in your ballpark slash venue. That's what you're selling. You're selling that signage. You're selling, hey, we're going to have eight to ten thousand people coming through here, whatever it is, sixty five dates a year. You're going to have that number of people that are going to see your image. Uh-huh. Well, they're not seeing that anymore. No. They're not watching on television. Nope. And a couple of people are radio, but it's not enough to make it me. It's going to be incredibly difficult mm-hmm. to see the way that this plays out. And then when you look into the future too, what does that mean? And what does that mean for the Wild, the Wild aren't filling up Wells Fargo Arena. No, but they're pro- they're middle they're above middle of the pack. Yeah. But there's what an average uh, four or five thousand. I was going like- to say five six, but yeah, probably fifty five something like that. So social distancing. I mean, does that mean you're also opening up the upper deck? Maybe. And and doing it that way, you have to. Well, and, as and we're when you can open it, Trent, because if the NHL and I, th- I can't believe that they're seriously thinking of doing this. And I think there's, I'm now more leaning to there is going to be hockey. Yeah, uh, is where where I was. Uh, the, and they not, might not start until December of next year. Wow. So what does that mean for all the you know the minor league teams? Mm-hmm. Do they push everything back Do too? They? You have availability of arenas. You have right. other tenants. And how do you sell it? You sell a regular season, but what does that mean? I mean, they sold the regular season this year, and you know, due to no fault of their own, mm-hmm. they weren't able to fulfill those commitments. I don't know how many home games they had. We'll say forty. It's probably thirty-five, thirty-six. Um, but you know, you bought you bought that advertising package based on thirty-five, thirty-six games. You only got thirty. Now, would businesses, for the most part, Hold you that you know hold that against you when right. it comes time. Do you have to make good on some of those opportunities? That and then you, you're working at a deficit going into you're the work, next year. Going into the next yeah. year, so much to talk about. Joe Donald joins the program next. Scott Dockerman from the Athletic. We will hear from the governor uh, at eleven o'clock this morning. We're going to continue to carry her press conferences. I think they're important. Um, so we're going to continue to carry them as long as she continues to hold them. Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com. Uh, He'll join us at 1135. Miller and Condon are with you until noon. Iowa Wild Conversation with Joe O'Donnell, the voice of the Wild Next, as we take you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM.
Station, 1460 KXNO. Scott Dockerman coming up in about 15 minutes from The Athletic. Right now, Joe O'Donnell, the voice of the Iowa Wild. Uh, earlier this morning, uh, the AHL officially canceled the remainder of the season, including uh, what was left of the regular season. There'll be no playoffs. The Calder Cup will not be awarded for first time. Wow, I don't even know the answer to that. Maybe... I don't know, 100 years, 80 years, whatever it's been. But no Calder Cup. Uh, what's good? What does this mean going forward? Let's get to Joe O'Donnell, the voice of the Iowa Wild. Joe, Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on, Joe O'Donnell. How are you? I'm hanging in there, guys. Thanks for having me. It's always nice to talk to you. No, good to talk to you, Joe. And it certainly was an announcement that uh, a lot of people thought was was um, inevitable at some point. Uh, the announcement came this morning. Um, was did this? I mean, I'm assuming this didn't catch anybody within the organization off guard. Uh, I mean, the ice had been taken out. Not that they couldn't put it back in, but the the ice was gone. It seemed like a long shot that the resumption of play for this year was going to happen. Yeah, that's a. Uh... A good way to put it, Kenny. I mean, it's it's not a surprise. You know, you look around the sporting landscape and every other, uh, you know, development league or minor league, whatever term you want to use, is either shut down or, um, you know, already it said, hey, we're not coming back and canceled everything or delayed their, their future season. So it was something that, you know, sort of we knew was coming uh, and the league today, made it official they gave teams over the last six weeks or so a chance to do some housekeeping and make some calls and check in with their corporate partners and season ticket holders and all that stuff and certainly there was some hope for a while that we might be able to keep this thing alive but uh, at the end of the day the reality is that the business model in the american hockey league uh like a lot of leagues really going to struggle if there's no fans and and there's no real tv revenue to speak of at, at our level um, we're flying commercial everywhere we go, so it's just too many hurdles and obstacles to overcome. So the league kept out hope as long as they could, but at the end of the day, this unfortunately was the only decision that really could be made. Joe, it's something I'm sure you knew was going to be happening, figuring that out, but now already looking towards the future, a future that has a great unknown. What is it going to look like? What is it going to look like at the AHL level, the NHL level, and on and on and on? It's got to be difficult as they sit there and try to crystal ball what what your future is going to look like with the Iowa Wild. Yeah, I mean, it's right now. I think it's just you know anything would be just speculation. Mm-hmm. I, I still am holding out hope that the NHL can to put on some type of made-for-TV, you know, Stanley Cup playoffs. I don't know if that's just the uh, you know the optimist in me or whatever, but. Um, at the American Hockey League level, really at this point now, it's just waiting and seeing how everything shakes out. I mean, they're going to follow suit with the NHL. So if the NHL comes back and finishes the year in some capacity and then they don't start next season until Thanksgiving, just say, then I, you know, I can't see the American Hockey League starting before that. You know, the two leagues really mirror each other scheduling wise and yep. uh, training camp wise and player recalls and all that stuff. So. At this point, it's really just a, literally a waiting game to see how the rest of the leagues at the major league level handle this. And uh, if they just decide to scrap and start in October, then I'd imagine the American League would do the same. And if the NHL gets pushed back for whatever reason, then 
certainly I think the AHL would follow, again, just one man's opinion. Yeah, it seems like that has to be. They do go hand-in-hand in, hand in so many respects, Joe, that you know, if the NHL, and I've even seen December, if the if they do res, uh, resume play this year, and you know, from where I sit as a hardcore, I kind of hope that they don't, not that I don't want to see hockey, and has nothing to do with the fact that the team I root for may or may not get in. That has nothing to do with it. Uh, I just um, I just don't know how you can pull this off, but it remains to be seen. But for where, from where the wild sit, and Joe, y'all use your term because it's it's so important. Corporate Des Moines means so much to the Iowa Wild and the Iowa Cubs and the Wolves and uh, the Buccaneers. Dot dot dot. What's corporate Des Moines going to be look like? So many businesses are you know on a shoestring right now, and when it comes time for you guys to reach out to your corporate partners, you know they want to help you. They've I'm I'm, I'm assuming, but how how much will they be able to help Joe? It's the great unknown at this point. Yeah, it really is. Um, I, I can say this, and I, I don't think I'd be put myself in any hot water for doing so. I know that our our staff, uh, from our corporate fulfillment team to our season ticket reps, etc over the last few weeks have checked in with basically everybody that, you know, we quote-unquote do business with. Um, and the response has been, from what I have gathered, overwhelmingly favorable and positive from the fans, uh, the, the diehards, the season ticket holders, our corporate partners. Everybody understands we're all in this thing together. Um, nobody can predict how we'll come out of it, of course, but I think everything so far has been really positive. Uh, from a season ticket holder standpoint, we've given our fans some options um, to roll over, you know, unused ticket credits, so to speak, the next year to donate to a uh, Mercy Medical Center night, um, you know, Mercy One night that we would have next mm-hmm. year. So say you add, you know, $60 in ticket value for unused games for, for the rest of the season based on your plan. Hey, you can turn that over and it'll go to the, you know, the frontline workers, the, the first responders and, and things of that nature uh, for a game next year. You can get a merchandise credit. So we have a lot of options for the fans. And so far, it's been really, really well received. And people, I think, understand it's just a unique situation. For our corporate partners, we're doing our best to, uh, to bonus them stuff, social media content, whatever we're going to do this offseason to try and make up for their lost advertising. Uh, but again, I think everybody has been really just sort of understanding with with the current circumstances. Joe, see so you hanging out here in Des Moines. You back home? Where are you at right now? Uh, still in Waukee. Okay, uh, doing the homeschooling thing. And yeah. By that I mean my wife is doing the homeschooling <laughs> thing. Yeah. Um, the kids are doing well. We're hanging in there, just getting outside when it's nice, and and uh, getting them out in the yard, running around, and. Uh, just trying to stay busy on the work front with some some content for our fans on our website iowawild.com, the social media platforms, and just waiting to see now, you know, if the NHL gets back to action, if they'll need any help up there at any point. Well, and it's, it certainly sounds like Joe. If they do, they're going to be they're, they're I canvassing cities, I guess. For you know, can we put four teams? Can we put eight teams? Can we put an entire division in one city, which would make some sense? I mean, I know you know Toronto and obviously Vegas; those teams, those would make sense because of all the hotel rooms. New York, probably not, just because it's you know one of the epicenters of it. But once they once they do determine, and let's say the light goes green and they're going to play. 
rosters expand to an extent, right? I mean, there will be Iowa Wild players that wherever the Minnesota Wild are through this, assuming they qualify for the playoffs, um, that they'll be Iowa Wild players that maybe not on the active roster that will be there in a support role if indeed they do need somebody to get called up as the playoffs move forward. Yeah, that's my understanding is there'll be some type of almost like a training camp expanded rosters or Kenny, as you know, the phrase we use in hockey in the playoffs, the black ace. Yeah. Um, I would assume you would get, uh, you know, Capo Kakinen, Jerry Mayhew, Nico Sturm, probably a Matt Barkowski and a Louis Belpedio need a couple defensemen. So my guess would be a, a few skaters, um, and then Capo is the goaltender and those guys, I guess, would sort of train on the peripheral. Um, but be part of the group in some regards. Again, it'll really just depend on how many people you're allowed to have around or is it completely just absolute bare minimum players and staff, um, and then you maybe you keep your extra bodies at a separate facility just to keep them in shape in case you need them, in case the NHL plays into August, possibly even into September for a Stanley Cup playoff, mm-hmm. which is crazy to think that they could hand out the cup that late, but... You know, again, we're in we're in some new times here. No doubt. Last thing for you, Joe. Let's end with a positive hockey note. It has to do with the parent club. I doubt that this kid Kasparov will ever see Iowa, um, but Minnesota maybe has a generational player on the horizon and is going to be on their roster. Uh, there's a lot of talk about that, and I've never seen him play. I don't even think I've seen him play on TV. I'm hoping you can help me out. But this kid Kasparov apparently is mentioned amongst you know some of the great young talent. Uh, that's going to be on display in the NHL in the years to come, and they've just signed him. The Minnesota Wild apparently have him locked up. He's coming over from the Russian Pro League over there. What can you tell Wild fans to get them salivating about Kasparov? Yeah, he's, he was a fifth-round pick a few years ago, Kenny. Uh, it was actually a pick they acquired in a trade where they just added an additional asset, and um, he's been, you know, a lot of times in sports year, he's the best player not in yep. North America, right? Whether he's the He's the top player in the Euro Leagues, and, and, and the NBA teams are salivating over him. This is the case with uh, Kirill Kaprizov. He is he's the real deal. He's played for Team Russia in the Olympics. He had the golden goal when Russia won. Uh, the oh, gold did he really? I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah, uh, he's been a star overseas. He's led the KHL, Russia's top league in scoring the last years. And Minnesota fans every year have just been waiting for his, year, you know, his Russian contract to expire. His deal's finally up. All indications are he wants to be in, in the NHL. Um, the, the sense I get is he's, he's well-rounded. He's not maybe an Ovechkin or a Pavel Bure from, you know, yester generation where uh, where he's just a goal scorer. He's, mm-hmm. he's that electric in one area of his game. Um, he's a little bit more well-rounded. He's a little smaller, but he's stocky and built strong. He supposedly competes like a you-know-what and uh, – yeah, Minnesota fans have been waiting for this guy literally for for at least three years now since he started to light up the Russian leagues sort of as a as a, almost as a young teenager uh, against men and just having that type of dominance and those types of numbers. Yeah, the, the day is finally coming, so to speak, and, and Kirill Kapper's off whenever the NHL resumes. Looks like he'll be part of the uh, Minnesota Wild. Fifth-round pick. There's only seventh rounds. They've got a gem there, apparently. Joe Donald, voice of the Wild. Joe, sad news, inevitable news. Fingers crossed going forward. Uh, It's it's the great unknown for for everybody. Joe, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it, as always. Talk soon, all right? 
Yeah, thanks, guys, for the coverage all year. It was a great season, and uh, we want to thank our fans for their unwavering support. When we get back up and running again, we know the fans will be packing Wells Fargo Arena, and we look to keep on building. Uh, Appreciate that. Love the fact that you guys are growing the game here in Des Moines the way you are. Thanks, Joe. Yep, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Joe Donald, the voice of the Iowa Wild. All right, we'll take a timeout. Scott Dockerman, a few minutes late with Doc. We'll get him in here. Miller and Condon until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. One our mission. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Take you up until noon. Governor Kim Reynolds at 11. Pete Futek, bottom of the 11 o'clock hour. Right now, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. He joins the program. Uh, Doc, we are a little bit short on time, and apologies to our audience for that. Uh, such a popular guest on our show. So let's get right into it, Scott. First of all, great to talk to you, as always. Um, your colleague Andy Staples at The Athletic, I mean, this is the question that I think a lot of people are going to find themselves asking in the next couple of weeks, is ultimately who's going to call the shots, right? If it is regional college football to an extent, who's going to be the shot caller in all of this. I mean, we heard Mark Emmert say, well, if there's no students, there's going to be no football as recently as last or late last week. Bob Bowlesby said, no, 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 we don't need students as long as they're taking courses online. Um, who's going to call these shots? Who, who do we look to in these times, Scott Dockerman? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, that's why we, we don't have a college football czar, and that's something that Kirk Ferentz has talked about. Uh, he told me about it a few months ago that that's what he really believes that this sport needs. Uh, he's not a bureaucracy fan, but he certainly thinks that's the case here. Um, I think it's going to be, eventually, it's going to be up to the states, it's going to be up to the schools, it's going to be up to the conferences. And uh, if, one, if either the SEC or Big Ten uh, starts playing, then I think everybody will follow suit in some form or fashion. Uh, the Big Ten, it's, it's fascinating the way they deal with things. I mean, every single morning, they have a conference call among the athletic directors and, and staff. And then they have a, a separate health staff that's going to push things forward. I mean, there's going to be football. It's just a matter of how and when. And uh, is it going to be primarily bus trips? To, you know, especially now with that Miami Air mm, company yeah, going down. Right. I I don't know. I mean, it, it's still in the I don't know stage, and that's that's hard for all of us to accept. But uh, that's where we are. It's a difficult circumstance as we look around. Something I mentioned to Ken earlier today. I think it's going to be different. Every single conference, I think the SEC is going to play a ton of games. Might be completely different in the Pac-12, though, as we continue to hear California and Oregon and see and Washington what they're doing. You know, in those different states, it's going to be different for everybody. Kevin Warren, early on on the job, how well equipped is he for something like this, where it's difficult for anybody to be well equipped? I think he is uniquely qualified for this position. The more I talk to him or hear from him or that he does things, the more I believe that he was absolutely not only the right guy for the job, but he's the right guy for the moment. Um, he's been done everything perfectly, let alone great. I mean, I, I'm, I can't be more impressed with the way he's handled himself in this situation. And, you know, with mental health coming out last week and, and some of the other things, I think he is just, uh, he's been fantastic. So, um, you know, I think there, there are two things that, uh, that really stick out right now for him, for everybody else. And one is, Everybody has to play football or college sports completely implodes. Two, we don't know when that's going to be and how that's going to look. I mean, 
Uh, is it going to be? I I still kind of think that it's going to be mid fall rather than early fall. You know, maybe a mid October start date. Uh, whether or not there's going to be people in the stands that we don't know. I talked to Gary Barta last week, and and he he doesn't know if if they're you know can you do it with students on campus or off campus? They're they're not sure that yet. So right now there's so much in flux, but I do believe that Kevin Warren is certainly the right guy for the job at this moment in time. Uh, Scott Dockerman from the Athletic is our guest. Doc, the the, the wide receiver room. Uh, once we you know get past uh, 2020, uh, 2021 wide receiver room. I mean, my gosh, uh, they have look. They, they, it's it's more than that. To be perfectly fair, I mean, right? Ference's recruiting class is is amongst his best in a long time. But in particular, boy, he's got some dudes that look as though they'll be able to go and get the football. Scott Dockerman, without a doubt. I mean, you've got to remember, you know, after this year, I mean, I think they have two incredibly talented guys that will exit after this season, whenever that is. Uh, but then you look at 2021, you still have Nico Regani and Tyron Grace. You only be juniors. Then you then you also consider, I think, Desmond Hudson, they really like quite a bit. Um, and and then you have Oliver Martin who will be there. And, and last year he was a little dinged up. I think he's got a chance to be a, a main contributor in, and then the guys that they've recruited, uh, you know, Brody Brecht, I think is going to be fantastic out of uh, Ankeny. I think he is out- outstanding. He was a must-get for me. And then uh, and, and then Keegan Johnson, who they just picked up, and Arlen Bruce, who's kind of in that Tyrone Tracy uh, feel where he can play multiple positions. And I think Iowa is trying to get more versatile at that, uh, you know, that slot receiver position where they can also run the football, maybe like an old-school wingback type. So, uh, yeah, the, the receiving position, which there was just absolutely nothing three years ago, thanks to Kelton Copeland and the recruiting mm-hmm. staff, now they, they look like they're not only healthy, but they're among the better units in the Big Ten. As we look forward to the schedule, talked about possibility of seeing different number of games, maybe conference only, things like that. Northern Iowa, a region school, a $650,000 guarantee to make their way into Kinnick Stadium. If you and I loses that game, I mean, uh, how mm. dire could it be for the Panthers when you take a look a couple hours north of where you are? You know, I think if <laughs> I hate to say this, and I really do, and, and that is, if you and I doesn't get an Iowa game, doesn't get a major league, it's going to be hard for them to feel the team, yeah. you know, in the fall. Wow. And, and and I hate to go that far, but I think it's true. I mean, the, the, they make a lot. They, I mean, at least a third of their budget is generated from. Uh, you know, student fees and, and the university itself. And then th- that's the only way they really make a lot of money. So, um, you know, I don't want to get too uh, hyperbolic with these situations, but I think that's really important. I, you know, I kind of think what's going to happen is I could see a scenario where there's like eight games uh, for Iowa, two non-conference, and say six, the, the divisional games or mm-hmm. something like that, which I think would be a tolerable result, all things considered. And if you could play UNI and Iowa State, I think that would be fine, mm-hmm. and then play your divisional foes. I think that if you could settle for anything, I would settle for that. Uh, but yeah, you and I have to play Iowa, and, I, and, I, and if Iowa State could jumble its schedule and, and put you and I on the schedule this year, I, I think that'd be great too, because uh, I think they all need to kind of help each other out uh, in all sports going forward this year. I'm with you, Doc. UNLV is on the schedule for Iowa State this year. They don't need to they don't need to play them. Keep it in state if at all possible and and who knows? It's everything is on the table. Everything is on the drawing board which makes this so unique. Do you think Cyhawk happens this year, Doc? Yeah, I do. I think they'll try any way possible to play that. If that's outside the lines of the of the conference, that they will. It just it means too much. I think for this 
this state, you know, last year, it took a lot out of me and everybody else, the Cyhawk and all the, the controversies that surrounded <laughs> yeah. it and the, and, and even the extra three hour delay. <laughs> but I, but now I, I've gone full circle and saying, you know, or at least 180 and say, I think the state needs the Cyhawk. I think everybody needs to focus on that. You know, the unfortunate part is somebody's going to lose because right now I, I, I think that's something that everybody can look forward to and celebrate just the fact of a, of a game that matters for a bunch of people. What about in terms of capacity? 70,000-seat stadium for Kinnick Stadium. You know, are we looking at 15,000, 20,000 people if people are allowed in? Is it just full bore? Hey, wear your mask and, and go if you want to. Where do you think we are on that angle? In terms of capacity, how different it's going to be? And then the ticket office having to decide, oh, you can get your yes, tickets sir. this year, but sorry, uh, you that just uh, get donate your 50 bucks a year, you're out this year. You know, if I if I knew those answers, I'd have to scoop of the set right now. <laughs> I mean, we really don't know. I mean, you know, I I, I guess right now I would say I kind of doubt it's going to be seventy thousand at Kinnick mm-hmm. and you know sixty thousand at Jack Trice, those stadiums. But you know, is it going to be completely empty? Is it going to be you know, hey, family? Is it going to be you know, spreading differences? I mean, there's going to be you know challenges even for media. I mean, on the sidelines for photographers, the press box or press. There's just not going to be as many people allowed in those areas either. So I just, I, you know, right now I hate to say I don't know, but I really don't know. And, and uh, you know, my guess is that it's probably going to be significantly reduced, probably in the neighborhood of, I would just guess, like 10,000 people max. And I would say, you know, each player probably has family members that can get in and then a select handful of people, maybe a lottery. I don't know. I mean, I'm just spitballing here, but. I, I don't see 70,000 people. Let's just put it that way. Nor do I. What are you working on this week, Doc? Want to promo anything? Yeah, today I wrote about the uh, the 425 defense. Saw that, yeah. And what's going on. And, uh, yeah, we it looks like Mark Morehouse and I are going to have another podcast. So Good. We've got uh, that coming up either tomorrow or later this week, and that'll be fun. And and uh, have a live chat. So, yeah, we're just uh, you know kind of moving along here. Got a couple other things working on that once i get done or once i get close to done i'll certainly let you know and but yeah we're not we're not going away we're we're definitely busy and we've got a lot of stuff going on good stuff it's uh it's a great investment the athletic and i know there's the trial going on right now doc do you have any info on that do you know offhand yeah we've got a it, it, we had for about a month there a 90-day trial now it's a 30-day trial uh where you can you can click on it and, uh and then subscribe and you know for 30 days and at the end of 30 days if you decide hey, I, I just don't like this then shut it down but I, I hope you got enough sports news in there uh, we're trying to make it worth your while even if there's nothing live going on well certainly right. worth the money that uh, that we spend we're big uh, big fans Scott Dockerman thank you we'll talk to you next week Doc thanks a lot guys Appreciate good to it. talk to you Kim Reynolds next Miller and Condon